reaching Israel and the world and the world. Grace and peace to you, beloved one, today from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't it an awesome thing, honey, to know that when Father looks at us, all he sees is good. I'm not saying that he doesn't see the things in our life that he's correcting and right. that we still need to be transformed because we're going from grace to grace, but that because our sin was removed and buried with Jesus. Right. We are now a new creation. And what the Father sees when He looks at us is Christ in us and the glorious destiny Hallelujah. that He has for each one of us, for you and me Amen. and all those that are His. Amen. Wow, wow. Wow, it just overwhelms us, I think, because we know how imperfect we all are. And so it's overwhelming to know that all He sees is the goodness of the soul He created in us. Yeah. And the blood of Jesus has washed everything else away and will continue to keep washing us and, and cleansing us and correcting us. And, and uh, it's, it's the hope of Christ, the hope of Messiah that we have in us. Yeah. You know, I think the harder part for all of us is to get our mind thinking like He does, to get our eyes seeing like He does. Mm -hmm that we are washed, that we are cleansed. I think that we hold on to guilt and accusation, but the Lord wants to speak another word to us, that we're cleansed, whole, and righteous in Messiah. Amen, beautiful word. Beloved, we're working through the book of Romans line by line, and we're presently in the ninth chapter I encourage you to go back and watch or listen to the other teachings. In Romans 9, Paul has been teaching that God has an elect people in the earth whom he chose to save. On last time's broadcast and teaching, I talked about the fact that Paul went through Israel's history and Paul showed us that it's always been a remnant who the Lord has chosen to save. He began by showing us Israel and how God chose Israel out of all the peoples on the face of the earth. And then Paul went with Abraham and Paul showed us that Abraham had two sons, Isaac and Ishmael. And yet the blessing was only on one of the sons. The blessing was on Isaac. And then we continue down the line of redemptive history and we have Jacob and Esau. And Paul taught in Romans 9 that before either of the twins were born, neither having done anything good or bad, God chose Jacob and not Esau. Paul continues to say in the same way at the present time, right now, there's a remnant whom the Lord chose according to his grace. Paul knew that when he taught that, humankind would object, that they would accuse God of being unfair and unjust for not treating everybody equally. Paul responds to that by saying, who are you, O oh man, to accuse God? Does not the potter have the right over the clay to make from the same lump of clay one vessel for honor and another for common use or dishonor? Paul continues now, as I get into fresh territory, by saying this in the 22nd verse, what if God, although willing to demonstrate his wrath 
and to make his power known, endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. Now you have to understand, first of all, that Paul is tying this verse into an earlier verse that he wrote in the same chapter, verse number 17, where Paul said this, For the scripture says to Pharaoh, For this very purpose I raised you up, to demonstrate my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed throughout the whole earth. In other words, God said in the Torah, before Pharaoh hardened his own heart, God said to Moses, Moses, I'm going to send you before Pharaoh and I'm going to harden his heart. It's true that Pharaoh hardened his own heart, but even deeper than that, God hardened his heart. Now you have to understand that God didn't harden an innocent Pharaoh's heart. Pharaoh's heart was already hardened. All of humanity's heart is naturally in rebellion against God. God doesn't harden innocent people's hearts. He hardens hearts that are already hardened. But in hardening Pharaoh's heart, God created an opportunity to show his glory. Because every time Pharaoh resisted Moses' declaration to him, when Moses said, Thus saith the Lord, let my people go, every time Pharaoh resisted, God did a great miracle. He covered the land with gnats. He turned the Nile to blood. He caused darkness to go over the entire land of Egypt. And it goes on, 10 plagues. And every time God did a plague, his glory and the fame of his name spread to Egypt and beyond. So God's purpose was to use Pharaoh's hardness to glorify himself. So Paul is referring to the same concept here when he says this in verse 22. What if God, although willing to demonstrate his wrath and to make his power known, Paul is saying God is ready. He wants to demonstrate his wrath and make his power known. Listen again. What if God, although willing to demonstrate his wrath and to make his power known, God's ready to do it. He's ready to show his glory by exterminating sinners from the earth. He's ready to bring forth his punishment against evil and wrong. But Paul continues, what if God, although willing to demonstrate his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? This gets back to what Paul said in the previous two verses, that God from the same lump of clay made some vessels for honor and others for dishonor or common use. So God now has made these vessels for honor, for dishonor rather, and he's ready to, to punish them. He's ready to exterminate sinners from the earth, but he hasn't done it yet, Paul is gonna say, because he still has people that are his own part of his elect that he chose before the foundation of the world that he wants to save. And so he's holding back his wrath against sin. He's holding back his wrath against evil. He's holding back from showing his glory against sinners because there are still people alive and that are going to be born that he wants to save that are part of his chosen remnant that were chosen in Jesus, according to Ephesians 1, before, before the foundation of the world. So listen again. What if God, although willing to demonstrate his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much patience 
vessels of wrath prepared for destruction, and he did so to make known. Why did he do it? Why is he holding forth, showing his glory? Why is he holding forth his wrath? He did so to make known the riches of his glory upon vessels of mercy, which he prepared beforehand for glory. Even us, whom he also called, not from among Jews only, but also from among Gentiles. Are you getting the big picture? This is a hard truth to understand. It really involves us trusting who God is. Because Paul, once again, he realized that mankind would not easily receive this. He said, who are you, O man, that answers back to God when man began to object to this teaching in Romans 9? We have to, first of all, trust that God is good, that God has a right in his goodness and in his sovereignty to choose from the earth vessels that he wanted to show his mercy to in Jesus. And upon those whom he allowed to continue in their rebellion, because remember, mankind was already in rebellion before Jesus came, right? The whole world was guilty before God, before Jesus came. So God didn't send Jesus to a group of good guys. God sent Jesus into a world where all of humanity was in rebellion against him. You might look around and say, well, I know a lot of people, they don't believe in God, but I don't know if they're actually in rebellion against God. But when we speak of rebellion against God, what we're actually referring to is when mankind lives as an island unto himself. In other words, you might look around and you think, well, these people are good people. I mean, look at my good neighbor over there. They might not be Christians. They might not worship Jesus, but look how good they are. They give, they give to the poor, they treat other people well, they're respectful. But what we need to understand is when people are not worshiping God, they've set themselves up as an idol, as if they're God. Rather than worshiping and serving the Creator, they live as if they themselves are a God without any worship of the one that made them. The scripture says, Will the thing made say to the one that made it, you did not make me? And so, beloved, you see that when people are living lives separate from Jesus, separate from worshiping God, separate from living unto him, separate from living unto the one from whom are all things, when people are living in a different reality than that, they're in rebellion against God. They made themselves the center of the universe, rather than making God the center of the universe, and in so doing, they're children of wrath that deserve to be punished because they refused to worship and serve the Creator. This is how Paul began the book of Romans. He said, the wrath of God, in Romans chapter 1 and 2, is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness of men that suppress the truth. Because rather than worshiping and serving the Creator, they worshiped and served themselves in the creation. So even though people might seem like they're good people to you, because they're not worshiping and serving their Creator, they're living in hostility and in rebellion against the Creator. And this is why the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. God sent Jesus to reconcile us. And anybody that comes to Jesus, once again, God will save. 
But mankind is walking away from Jesus rather than towards him. And so the only ones that come to him are the ones the Father sovereignly chooses and draws. This is why Yeshua said in John 6, to the few that remained with him after he had said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in yourself. And upon hearing that, that they said, who can listen to this? And they all left. And then Yeshua looked at the few that remained and he said, this is why I said to you that no man can come to me unless it's been granted from the Father. And so the point once again is, is that mankind is in rebellion against God and God is going to punish it and he's going to reveal his glory and he's going to reveal his righteousness against unrighteousness. He's ready and willing and wants to do it. He wants to exterminate evil and unrighteousness from the earth, but he hasn't done it yet. We're getting back to the text. He hasn't done it yet because there are still people that are alive that are part of those whom he chose in himself before the foundation of the world, according to Ephesians 1, that haven't come to him yet. They're not saved yet. And even those that are not born yet that are part of his elect. that a little more than half of you that are here tonight do not have a genuine relationship with the living God. Coming here to Kalalushi, Zambia was a very strategic place that the Lord sent us here to be a missile. Then when I went out to preach and I just felt the anointing come on me, it was so powerful. I mean, I literally could feel the power. Who would be the first one tonight that would humble themselves from pride and say, God, I want to know you. And I noticed as I was preaching, the crowd kept on getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So by the time I was done, you know, the crowd had doubled. And to see 500 people receive the Lord in one night, my first night, it's just awesome. Just like, where are you going to see that happen in the United States? Very few places can you go and preach to a crowd and see half the people open their hearts and run, literally run to the altar to receive them. And I receive Jesus into my life right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give Father a clap tonight. Shalom, beloved. Whether it's through on-the-ground outreaches like the one you just saw, or whether it's through television through which we're reaching all parts of the world, we couldn't be doing it without those of you that the Lord has raised up to become monthly partners with this ministry. We are reaching so many people. And to those of you that are already our monthly partners, I wanna say thank you. To those of you that are being touched by this ministry and sense the witness of the Holy Spirit that it's authentic and God has raised it up, I wanna ask you today, would you become a monthly partner with Discovering the Jewish Jesus? When you do, beloved, many will be blessed. What if God, although willing to demonstrate his wrath, 
and to make his power known, endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction, and he did so to make known the riches of his glory upon vessels of his mercy, which he prepared beforehand, notice that word beforehand, vessels of mercy, which he prepared beforehand, which gets back to the earlier text in this chapter when Paul is describing Jacob and Esau before they were even born, God said, Jacob I loved and Esau I hated. Paul's referring to the same concept, vessels of mercy, which he prepared beforehand for glory, even us whom he also called, not from among Jews only, but also from among Gentiles. And so this, what I've been teaching, is a common major thread of revelation. It's a constant river of revelation through the entire Bible. There are a few verses in Scripture that seem to teach something different than what I'm saying. Let me give you an example. Oftentimes people will take all that I've said and discount it because of a few verses. Let me show you, share with you what the verses are. First of all, I'm looking in the book of 2 Peter, chapter number 3, verse number 9. Hear the word of God. Peter writes here, The Lord is not slow about his promise. This is the second coming. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness. This is very typical or similar, I should say, to what Paul just got done saying, that God's ready to show his wrath, but he hasn't shown it yet because there are still vessels of mercy that he prepared before and for glory that need to come to him. This is the same thing that Peter is saying. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you. Who's you? You is the entire ecclesia. It's the entire church. But is patient towards you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. What is Peter talking about here? The same thing that God's wrath has not been revealed because God is waiting to bring in the full number of those that have been chosen in Jesus before the foundation of the world, according to Ephesians chapter 1. There's another verse that people sometimes quote to try to discredit all that I've been teaching. It's in the book of 1 Timothy chapter number 2, where Paul says that we should make prayers and petitions on behalf of all men for kings and all who are in authority. And then he continues there that God desires all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. And I believe that this verse is easily explained when we consider that what we're referring to in Timothy is a general word that God is saving people in the earth from all walks of life, from kings and people in authority, governors, as well as the common men. God has people from all walks of life that are part of his remnant people. The bottom line, beloved, at the end of the day is this. If I have 500 verses in the Bible that say one thing, and I have three verses that say the opposite of the 500, I need to interpret the three in light of the 500 rather than interpreting the 500 in light of the three. Let me say it another way. Through the entire word of God, from Genesis through Revelation, the scripture teaches that God is sovereign and he sovereignly chooses people to be his own from the face of the earth. The ones that he chooses are not because they're better than other people. 
Paul said in the book of Ephesians concerning the chosen that we were by nature even as those that were not chosen. Paul said we were by nature, speaking of those of us that are chosen, he said we're by nature children of wrath even as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, made us alive in Christ. And so there's nothing different about the people that are chosen in and of themselves. God just has chosen to extend his mercy to them only because of what's in his own heart. So we have an entire river of scripture that shows us, beginning with Israel all the way through the New Testament where Jesus said, for example, in John 10, but you believe not, he said to those that didn't believe in him, because you're not my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. My father has given them to me and no man shall snatch them out of my hand. All through the entire Bible, we read that God has a remnant people. In fact, in John 17, in what is known as the high priestly prayer, Yeshua, before going to the cross, prays to the Father. And he says, Father, I pray not for the world, but for those whom thou has given me. See, beloved, we have to take the main teaching of the word of God about election and interpret the few verses that seem to be saying something different in light of the huge volume of scripture that speaks of what I'm saying today. I know that some of you may have a hard time receiving it. I want to encourage you and lovingly challenge you to read Romans chapter 9 with an open heart before the Lord for yourself. Now, what's the value for you today? The value is in realizing that when you're out sharing Jesus with people, it's not up to you to save them. You just have to be a faithful witness. And as you're a faithful witness, God will use your witness by anointing it with the Holy Spirit to reach those that he wants to reach. And beyond this, beloved, knowing what I'm teaching today in your own soul will produce a great security in you. Because if you know that it's God that brought you to himself, you can also trust him to keep you. Beloved, this is Rabbi Schneider today saying, I love you. I hope the word that I brought to you today resonates within your heart and that it produces security in you and also a soundness of mind. You see, for myself as a preacher, I have no illusions that my ministry is going to save the world. All I want to do is I want to present Jesus to the entire world. My goal is not to save the world. Only God can save someone. My goal is simply to make Jesus known to people. And then I let the Holy Spirit do the rest, knowing that he will take the word that I preach and use it in the lives of those he wants to reach by it. Father, we open our hearts to you today. We love you today. What can we say but that you are God? Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for choosing us in Jesus. Father, we wanna love you with our whole heart, strength, soul, and mind. Help us to take this gift of salvation that you've given us and use our testimony to spread your name among the entire world. Beloved, in journeying through the book of Romans, we discover the key truths relating to our salvation. 
Paul begins by telling us the whole world is guilty before the Lord and that no man can save himself by his good works. Then Paul introduces the grace of the Lord through the person of Messiah Yeshua. Finally, at the end of the book of Romans, beginning in chapter 12, Paul tells us how you and I ought to respond to this great grace that Father God has given us. Paul urges us to offer up to the Lord our bodies as a living sacrifice, and he tells us next not to be conformed to this world. This ought to affect every area of our lives, including, beloved ones, our finances. If you're not fully offering to the Lord a sacrifice of praise with your finances, or if this ministry is blessing you by the Father's grace and you have not yet offered up to Him a sacrifice of praise financially through it, I simply want to ask you, beloved one, to do that today. Here's how you can donate or become a monthly partner. Send your tax-deductible gift to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. Or to give by credit card, visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com or call 1-800-777-7835 or text the keyword rabbi to 45777. To show our appreciation, we'll send you an audio CD and download of Rabbi's Message of the Month and our most recent newsletter. Your gift is bringing salvation, healing, and deliverance to Israel and the world through television, internet, and crusade outreaches. Finally, many of us have honored God with our finances while living, but have we considered how we can honor the Lord with our finances when we pass on? For more information, click Will and Estate Gifts at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. In the book of Numbers, chapter 6, the Lord gave instructions to Moses and Aaron to speak this blessing over his people. And the Lord said, when you speak these words over my people, I will place my name on them and bless them. Receive the impartation of the Lord's blessings. Yavah Yahweh Yahweh The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up by his countenance and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. Revelation today for a brighter tomorrow. Find Discovering the Jewish Jesus on all your favorite social media outlets and stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. Connecting with Discovering the Jewish Jesus has never been easier. If two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. Let our prayer team pray for you 
Send us your prayer request today by visiting our website or writing to the address on the screen. Our prayer team lifts up every individual request before the Lord. And then, as God answers your prayer request, or if God has touched your life through discovering the Jewish Jesus, send us your testimony. We want to rejoice with you, and your testimony will encourage others. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Today's episode concludes the series, Journeying Through the Book of Romans, Season 6. If you've enjoyed this series and would like to purchase a copy, visit our website or call the number on your screen.